Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speaker's bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another brand new episode of High Low Sports Podcast. DJ and Kelsey with you today. And today, well, we're going to let the madness begin. It is March Madness time. When you guys are listening to this on Thursday or Friday, we will have already started with the the first four games. They will take place Thursday night, and Friday will kick off the initial set of the round one games. I can't wait. DJ, this has been uh, I'm just glad we have we have March Madness this year. I mean, really. It's been a long time coming. I mean, we haven't had March Madness in a, quite a while, so it, hopefully it's extra maddening, and everyone's kind of in a quote-unquote bubble. So we'll see if that plays a factor in some way, shape, or form. Or if it just ends up kind of being the same. But getting straight into the madness, as I mentioned, the first four games will be taking place. So looking at this, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the eleven seeds first because this one to me has the most intriguing matchup in it, uh, and that's Drake Wichita State. And I feel like this is a shame that these guys are in a playoff game or in a playing game when you consider that Syracuse is also an eleven seed, but they get the straight out eleven seed, even though the they're the fourth ranked eleven seed. 
they still get the outright 11 seed. And so that's just like, are you kidding me, guys? That's that's some crap because Drake and Wichita State, if you really look at it, both teams well deserving of a of a of a seed in the NCAA tournament. And probably, I think, for my opinion, I think no matter who wins this, has a chance at upsetting their matchup with a six seed, which is USC. I don't know how you feel about this one, but I feel Drake Wichita State is going to be one that they're going to have an upset in the second round. And it's an upset just for these two teams to be playing each other, in my opinion. I definitely agree. I think both teams should have got in outright in some way, shape, or form. Even if one's like a 12 seed, even if for some reason, if you couldn't decide, you have to, I think they both should have been in comfortably. When I look at Drake, I look at a team that all they do is win, win, win. I mean, they were the last undefeated team in major in major college basketball for a while. I think it was 26 and 0 or something like that, besides Gonzaga. Yeah. They were absolutely rolling. They could have. I think if they were I think if they get in, USC is on upset alert. Wichita State. It's obviously Wichita State. They do this every other year. They this is their forte. This is what they're built for. But I'm a little more skeptical of them pulling off the upset. But I wanted both these teams in there because I think they both could pull off an upset. I'm leaning towards Drake. If they get in, I'd have to change my bracket and say Drake beats USC. Wichita State, I think about it a little bit more, but I think yeah. you were right. These two teams, they both should have just been in outright. I think you could have better choices for the play-in games for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And then the other play-in game for the 11 seed, Michigan State, the Spart- Spartans, uh, plays- facing off against UCLA. I- this one I'm okay with. This I one mean- feels weird, though, considering there were two perennial powerhouses barely <laughs> squeaking in. These are perennial top four type seeds, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. They both have a chance to to do something if they make the tournament. But that chance is like 30% compared to, I feel like, Wichita State and Drake was like 60 to 75% chance they can actually do something in the first round. Uh, these two are going up against BYU, whoever the, whoever wins this game. So a much tougher game for them. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. Tom is at Michigan State, and you got UCLA, who is, I mean, the, the John Wooden Award is named for John Wooden, one of the greatest UCLA coaches ever. And, and you're like... Yeah, uh, this this doesn't feel right to, for them to be an 11 seed, but give leave it to a COVID season like this year. Pile on top of that, no Duke and no Kentucky in this tournament <laughs> at all either. Like, what is going on? Like, this it feels like some – it's not even the Twilight Zone. It's like the Abyss or something like that. I got banished to the Shadow Realm, and this is what weird things are made of. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it is very strange. Um, and then just for the sake of continuity, we'll go ahead and mention the other two 11 seeds. Syracuse, as I mentioned – uh, did just enough to get to get into the tournament, but Beheim and team—that's about all they did. Uh, they are led by, ironically, Jim Beheim's son, Pat Beheim. So very, very ironic in that one. And the other team, Utah State, who is honestly—they probably should have been a much higher seed, but didn't have the greatest tournament performance for them for them in their in their tournament. But they're led by a seven-footer who. Uh, good luck. <laughs> hmm. uh, trying good to luck guard everybody else. Yeah, it's it's Nimaeus Cuesta. And uh, he's he's a great defender, a lot like Rudy Gobert in, in the way he defends. Uh, the biggest difference is he has a little bit of an offensive game, which he's not afraid to shake you. So uh, uh, good luck trying to guard him um, going forward. But that's the 11 seeds. Obviously, we talked about the two play, play-in games there. And the other play-in games are for the 16 seed. And these ones are a little bit more clinical, if you will. Um, not so much question mark as to why they're here. More of, well, okay, kind of makes sense. In the first set... Appalachian State, Norfolk State, and uh, lucky winner of this game gets to play those those Gonzaga teams and uh, Mark Fuse team. And I feel like there's two losers here instead of two winners. <laughs> I don't think we have. I don't know if I would want to win this one. Yeah, this is a rough one. I mean, honestly, like 
they're both a good 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 teams. They did a great job getting into the getting into the the tournament. I mean, congratulations Norfolk State for returning back to the tournament last time they were here. They made a run at the Sweet 16. Appalachian State, unfortunately this isn't football. You're not very well known for making upsets in basketball. However, they can do it. Um, but yeah, I don't see this happening for either one once they get to Gonzaga. Uh, really, this is this is kind of Gonzaga's tournament to win, and I'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But And you have to do an extra game just to get the opportunity <laughs> to play them while they're rested and comfy and ready to go. Yeah, no thanks. No smoke for me. Exactly. And then the, the last play, uh, first four game that we'll have will be Mount St. Mary's, the Mount versus Texas Southern. The historic Appalachian Texas State Southern. and upsets, they get to play Michigan. So who knows? Maybe <laughs> yeah. that M is still cursed. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Mount St. Mary's, you know, if, if you guys don't know much about Mount St. Mary's, they uh, used to run things down in D2. I mean, absolutely run things and that in multiple sports. It wasn't just basketball. It was also football as well. Uh, they were absolutely successful there. Uh, that's probably honestly where we know most of their successes from the gridiron. And so not so much from the basketball arena, but they were still very skilled. Whereas Texas Southern has come is coming in winning 14 in the last 15. So both these teams on hot streaks. Uh, but again, they're going up against Michigan. And Michigan, while they can be beat, I don't know how much a team from the Northeast Conference and Texas Southern can can do in this one, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think they're the team to do it necessarily. Not saying anyone <laughs> like anyone can do it, but I'm not betting your life on it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to do that at all. I'm I'm definitely not betting my life on it either. <laughs> so forget <laughs> about that one. Um, and then just like I did with the 11 seeds, just to round out the 16 seeds, in case you didn't know, Drexel, who ironically is led by T.J. Bickerstaff, who is the nephew of J.B. Bickerstaff. If you didn't know, um, they're actually a very good team as a 16 seed. Uh, team shoots threes like they literally came out of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson's love hmm. ship. Um, they, and they shoot at a high clip. They shoot about 52% in the last five games to get them through the tournament, which is unheard of. I mean, literally one out of every two shots is going in from three-point land. That's kind of crazy. Um, and the other team being Hartford, who is kind of the opposite. They're a defense, slow it down, grind it out, old-school grit and grind, Memphis Grizzly style, if you will. Uh, hmm. And so... I don't think either one of them has much of a chance to get an upset in this one uh, over the number one seeds. But with that said, we've all been surprised previous. But that leads us into this next section. Round one comes in. We're obviously not going to go through all of these games because there are 32 of them. And I'll be honest, 32 teams or 32 games, I've already gone through the list. It is absolutely miserable to talk about every single one of them. So we'll go through and we'll talk about upsets. So, DJ, get us started. And if we start in the West bracket, what are some teams you have on upset alert there? Ooh, okay, so we obviously mentioned the Drake-Wichita State over USC. So that one's depending. If Wichita wins, I'm going to take USC. If Drake wins, I'm going to pick Drake. That's how I'm going to go with it. Okay. So there's one upset. because, But going right below them, Kansas taking on Eastern Washington. Kansas, Ooh, yeah. as you mentioned, a team that basically had to bow out of the Big 12 tournament because of COVID. And they won't have their leading player coming into this game either because of COVID. So they're coming in cold without your best player against a Big Sky Conference champion, which isn't saying much. Obviously, I mean, Big Sky is not exactly a perennial powerhouse for basketball in March Madness, <laughs> but a team that basically ran th- that went through that conference came is coming in on a hot streak against a team that's cold like this. I think this sets them up for a potential prime upset just to t- if they come in there shooting hot and Kansas can't get their footing going or they struggle offensively. You never know. I, that's one to definitely look out for. 
And then the other one I have in that bracket, I only have one other upset in the West, and that would be Oregon and VCU. VCU, this is kind of what they do, no pun intended. But <laughs> they come in here, they they look to pull upsets. And Oregon, while they're a quality team, I think the seven seed might be a little bit higher than they earn the seven seed, but I don't know if they are a seven seed, if that makes sense. Like they're they're good. They're kind of like what you were talking about with USC. Like they're prime for an upset too. Yeah, one hundred percent. And actually, I, I agree with you on 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 actually all three of these is a potential upset. But my actual upset, the other one that I the other one I have actually listed, Creighton, UC Santa Barbara. Uh, UC Santa Barbara has not lost a single game since December twenty eighth, and they're a twelve seed. <laughs> uh, they're a they're a three and D type of team, but they play inside out ball to get the threes, uh, which is a recipe for success. In any form of the game, if you can play inside out that triangle type offense, you're going to be good. And especially with you shoot, if you're shooting around 48 percent from three point land, I'm going to my odds are going to be lean towards you. Obviously, they're playing Creighton in the first round, but Creighton 20 and eight. I mean, they haven't had a most fan, the most fantastic season out there. Uh, they're definitely definitely a team that is predicated on team ball. And if one of those pieces falls off, um, yeah. Ugh, not sure how that's going to work. And the biggest thing with them, they're dealing with the recent distractions from their head coach's poor remarks. Um, that's one way to word it. Yeah, uh, racially insensitive remarks is the technical terminology they're using for it. Um, they did appear galvanized in the Big East tournament, but they didn't win the Big East tournament. Uh, and they got upset in the Big East tournament to, to that to that standard. So who knows? They are primed for an upset again for UC Santa Barbara. Um, that's my that's that's one of my, my my upsets here. Obviously, the Wichita State Drake game. I have whoever wins that game beating USC. I don't care. I <laughs> think both teams will beat USC. First of all, I don't trust USC because it's what have they done this season that really really makes me trust them? And the answer is not a whole whole lot. They ride the Mobley brothers is what they do. Uh, obviously, Evans a potential number two pick. It's a lot like the Lopez twins were back in the day. Uh, if everybody remembers Robin and Brooke back at Stanford. They didn't have a big run in the in the tournament either, and that's because you can't rely on just two people, and especially twins when they're towers, mm-hmm. to play against teams that shoot at a high clip and can run and gun around you. You just can't do it. Um, so USC is to me a prime upset alert. And then, as you mentioned, Kentucky. I don't actually have them losing. I or Kansas. I mean, sorry, I don't actually have them losing just because self. I mean, if you talk about coaching and Hall of Fame coaching. I can't have can't have much better than Bill Self in, in Kansas. Um, I think he'll figure out a way to get Eastern Washington off off Kansas's back, but it'll be a very close game. It will be probably one of the closest games that the favorite team will win. But the as CBS you mentioned, and ESPN will do, be doing the upset alert, upset alert, all the way down <laughs> to like the final minute or two. Yeah, exactly. But as you mentioned, that Oregon VCU game, and one thing I'll also mention about the Oregon team this season, uh, they have been the definition. They've been earning every single penny and dollar and cent from the Nike research and sports medicine program, because they have been an absolute injury ward all season. They have <laughs> rotated players in and out. So they have depth, but they're always injured. And right now they're coming in with three players injured. Um, they do also have a, a guy, one of their prime players missing the season because of an ACL tear and VCU on the other, other side of that. I mean, you look at it, <laughs> they're, they're, I don't. They, they went seven and two on the last nine games, and they're a top ten defensive efficiency team. And you you take that against a team who rotates players in and out. Give me a VCU in that one easily. 
I mean, they, they're going to make life hard for Oregon. And a team that hasn't had a chance to build a lot of chemistry because of all the injuries, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster for me. So those are my, my three picks for, for the West Division or for the West section of the bracket. And then moving to the East, DJ, what are, uh, what are your upset alerts in the East? Heading on now over to the East. Let's take a look here. So I don't, I'll just spoil it now. I don't have Michigan getting upset. <laughs> so, sorry, everybody. Oh, no. How terrible. And I guess it kind of depends on if you consider it an eight versus nine an upset. I mean, I don't really consider it much of an upset, but I do have yeah. St. Bonaventure overcoming LSU. Just LSU, I'm not, I don't know about you guys. Those I, dirty bonnies. Yeah, that that's enough. I do have Georgetown getting the nod over Colorado. Colorado, I do think this is that twelve over five upset that we see virtually every year. Seems like, yeah. I think Georgetown, what they did in the tournament too. I think that really, I liked what I saw. They're coming in pretty warm too. Like they got they got it going. That's pretty much all I have for this one as far as brackets. The rest of it stays pretty status quo through the first round at least. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually with you on this one. St. Bonaventure is my, my up quote unquote upset. I, again, I'm with you. How much can you really say an eight over, or nine over an eight is an upset? I mean, when you, when you consider it St. Bonaventure, if they weren't an A 10 conference team, they probably are a five seed. <laughs> I mean, really <laughs> that they were that good this season. Um, so unfortunate for LSU that they're going up against St. Bonaventure. They're not really going to stand much of a chance. Um, and you know, Colorado Georgetown is a very interesting one, but that's actually the only 12, five matchup I have in here comfortably going to the five seed. And it's, it's nothing against what Patrick Ewing's team was able to do, but that was a lot of luck to win the big East championship and to get into this tournament to begin with. And the gift of a 12 seed, I mean, you're, you're one game above 500. You started your big East tournament, the last seed, and you had to win all four games to have a plus 500 record and you did and you won the biggest title but i i, I don't uh, there's a lot that i'm just i don't trust georgetown right now um this has been a team that has had so many issues and they, they literally this this run just making it to the tournament is good enough for them because patrick ewing was going to be fired if they didn't and here they are patrick ewing will keep his job they will go into next season, be able to rebuild with a very, very young team who will actually have a chance to get some chemistry together. And, you know, this is a team that if they had Mac McClung from last year, and if he, if basically Patrick Ewing didn't say, ah, I don't really like him that much and ship him off to Texas Tech, this kid would still be here. And this team, I would have a much different opinion on this team, but he's not there. I don't trust what they do have to be, to be able to upset Colorado late in the game. So. But that's the only little one I have that is an actual upset in here. Uh, it's just give me St. Bonaventure, I guess, just by numbers being the upset. So I only have one in the East compared to my West being a little bit of a wild West, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the East is, feels pretty cut and dry, at least in the first round. It gets a little more fun as we go along. but Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It does get a little more fun. Uh, but moving to the South Division, led by number two Baylor, the number two overall one seed. Uh, what do you have in the South Division for upsets? So this one's, yeah, I only have one in here as well. And I'm not even sure if I believe it, but I don't not believe it, if that makes sense. It's one of those. I got North Texas taking out Purdue, a four seed wow. going down to a 13 seed. I don't understand why, but North Texas come in. Four-game win streak has looked pretty good. Javon Hamlet, a guard. Yeah. He's been a really good point guard for him, leading the team in, a, in assists and points. He runs the show really cleanly. And honestly, if they didn't have so many games postponed or canceled just from COVID, among other things, 
I think they could have been been an even higher seed. I mean, just looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, get seven games either canceled or postponed this year because of COVID. That's rough, and it puts them at seventeen and nine. Not very good. Third in the Central USA Conference. I. I don't know how to word it because it seems so ridiculous, but I just have a weird feeling they could upset a team like Purdue. Just when I look at how they've played throughout the season as well, too, they have a very upset-minded team. As long as they're not playing UAB, that seems to be their kryptonite this year. But since they're not playing UAB, I think that gives them a pretty good – I think that gives them a shot in hell. Yeah, no, I mean, actually, that's a very good point. Uh, That was a close game for me when I was putting it down because North Texas, like I was talking about earlier, um, that inside-out game. It's very deadly, and that's what North Texas does. And they're led by a very, very competent point guard, um, one that is poised to probably end up in the NBA. He'll at least spend some time there, whether he ends up G League NBA, the, that dual contract or not, but he'll end up in the NBA sometime. He'll be playing some sort of professional basketball, I'm sure, <laughs> maybe overseas or something. Like, he'll make something happen. Okay. Uh, so other than North Texas, Purdue, any other ones for you? That was pretty much all I had in that one. That one is another one in the first round of state status quo, and then gets a little more interesting as we go along. But okay, all right. Well, I can't say the same. Um, <laughs> I, uh, as I mentioned about the five twelve matchups, we'll start right there. This one has Villanova and Jay Wright losing to Winthrop. Oh, and most okay. people out there are like Winthrop. Who the who who who's Winthrop? Well, let me tell you who Winthrop is. They're a, they're the only team to have one loss that's not a top three seed the only team in this in this entire tournament to have one loss and not be a top three seed uh so you want to you want to talk about a run and gun offense as well mike d'antoni's teams they're not going to be predicated off of just getting the three-point ball and they mix in it when they are in a half court offense they mix in the sort of triangle motion offense which if there's a deadlier combination than a team that can run and gun as well as run a half court system i don't know what it is and their one loss to me proves that the fact that a 12 seed is an absolute atrocity and i feel absolutely terrible for jay wright because i love jay wright as a head coach i think he's one of the better head coaches in the league in the in the ncaa you know all around d1 um but this nova team is not the same nova team we've we've grown to love over the years it's not the same nova team that you know won a national championship recently this nova team is is i I don't know. It, it, I mean, they lost Colin Gillespie, who is their top defensive threat. And since then, he has not been able to run the same defensive game plan. And that's been the, the really their curse. They were poised to be a top two seed with him. And without him, they lost four straight and dropped down to a five seed in the tournament. So, I mean, I that, that just gives me a recipe for watch out upset because you lose your number one guy and you're going up against a team that is not an easy matchup by any means. Um, and so that's why I have Winthrop upsetting them because that that team is is scary good, absolutely. You call scary good. this one, you might be winning somebody a lot of money if someone follows this one. Like that's that's a winning bet if you if it follows through. Exactly, and then I have another one that will be the same way. And you mentioned, you know, there's a couple uh, fourteen to three upsets are are very rare, but they do happen. And I do have one happening here. Colgate. Down goes Arkansas. Over Arkansas. This one, I, I'm not including Colgate in the other team to have one loss and be in it. They do also have one loss, but they only played 15 games. So I'm, I'm kind of leaving their, them as having an asterisk next to their name. But when you want to talk about just matchups purely being the decision here, this one's purely a matchup decision. You know, they live and die by the three ball, but that's the one thing in the world Arkansas cannot defend. 
I don't know what it is about Arkansas's team, but they just suck at defending a, a three ball. Every team they've lost to in the SEC has been a three shooting team. It doesn't make sense. And they give it up at a high clip too. It's not like they just sit there and just, you know, actually try to block you, guard you. It, they're, like, they're giving up the three ball at close to 50%. That's how bad Arkansas is at defending the three point shot. Um, I don't know if it's just the just their fact they can't close back out once somebody dives down and dishes back out. I don't know why, but yeah, this is a purely a, a matchup upset. Because um, as long as Colgate can hit their shots, I, and obviously this is a big if because every time anybody goes into an NFL stadium and tries to start shooting threes, everybody complains about the backdrop, you know, and how terrible that is for them. Whatever, blah 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 blah. Excuses, excuses, excuses. <laughs> hit your shots. And a team that shoots threes as high as many times as Colgate does, and who shoots it well like they do, they're quick adapters. Um, so give me give me Colgate in this one over Arkansas as well. Uh, so that's two upsets in this bracket. And to round out my upsets in this bracket, give me Virginia Tech over Florida. And this one just purely goes down to again matchup: Virginia Tech's zone zone defense versus a Florida offense who is based off a of Trey Man and running him off of screens and getting him open that way. Your screen game has no effect against a box and one or against a 3-2 zone or against a 2-3 zone or against a matchup 2-3 or against a matchup 2-1-2. They have no options to Virginia Tech's plethora of zone defense because Virginia Tech just does not play man defense at all. They don't have to, and that's their best. that's the best feature of this one for me. Um, and, you know, the loss of Keontae Johnson, he's back on the sideline as a moral support figure which thank God, um, because that was awful what happened to him back in December against Florida State. And, you know, I'm glad to see him back on the sideline. But if he was on this team still, if he was still playing, this is a different story. But this team is – Florida is so focused on uh, so focused on getting Trey Mann the ball and getting around and, and working through him and working through him off of screens that Virginia Tech has pure matchup preference in this one, right, really, when it comes down to it. And that's – that's one of the big stories for me in the tournament. If you have a matchup favoring you, especially defensive to offensive like this, I mean, I'll take my chances with the defense right here. So give me Virginia Tech one. as well. And it's again, it's a 10-7 matchup. To me, 10-7s, 9-8s, those are the tough ones because they're like, the difference is you finish fourth in the ACC versus third in the SEC. You know, that's that's the difference in in it, the seven ten seed really it's splitting ingrown hairs at that point it's like well <laughs> damn you could have you guys could easily flop and we wouldn't know the difference honestly you could swap your seven to ten and ten to seven exactly so that gets us through the south and midwest midwest the last of the four <laughs> sections i don't forget that it's always midwest and not north for some reason but illinois leads the leads the midwest and they're the number one seed they're the fourth ranked number one seed so dj who do you have in this one as a potential upset alert in the first round well, I'll tell you, it's not Illinois. We'll just get that out of the way now. <laughs> so you don't I think have... Drexel Dragons can pull that one off, huh? I mean, I think it's going to take a few of Denarius's actual Dragons to pull that off, but we'll see. <laughs> but I'm going to look at two upsets in this one. I'm going to start with a team that you mentioned earlier. I think Syracuse gets the upset done. Okay. I, like you mentioned, they aren't that good, and there's questions about whether they should be here, especially without a playing game. But one thing they have that I, that's a lot of these teams that pull off the upsets do have throughout history they have a dude who could just straight up go get buckets and buddy by him by him. Yeah. He's averaging like 17 points or so a game, I believe on 40 something percent shooting shoots 87 ish percent from the free throw line. He's a dude that could just go out there and he goes off. There's nothing San Diego state can really do about it. San Diego state 
they have some of their guys as well too, like Mitchell, I believe his last name is. He can go out there and get you fifty. He gets like fifteen ish a game. He can match it, but if Buddy gets gets going from outside the arc, if he gets going, basically he just gets going, starts getting a bunch of early buckets. They're gonna have to basically double, triple team him and open things up for plenty of other competent scores. As bad as Syracuse has played this year, and they should not have been the eleven seed that just gets right in. You're right; they should have a playing game. I do think they have a little bit of firepower that if you like the match, good luck San Diego State. Don't think you can quite match this one. Yeah, uh, that one is actually a very close one for me as well. Um, and then the other one I have is going up a little bit farther. We're gonna go with a four and a twelve. I'm gonna take. Or get the Oregon State Beavers. I think they pull off the upset over Tennessee. Oh, you got Tennessee. me. Oh, Jesus. You oh. said four and twelve, not five and twelve. And I was like, wait, Oklahoma State, you have them upset? What? Oh, oh no, never mind. So Oregon State, <laughs> excuse me, five and twelve. I got wrong sport with four and twelve, but I think Oregon State pulls it off over Tennessee. Oregon State in a similar vein has a kid in Ethan Thompson, the guard. He's 15 points, four rebounds, a steal and a half. Plus, they got a Ford who gets nine rebounds and one and a half blocks. Two guards that score 13-plus points a game. They have the inside-out game that you need, and they don't turn the ball over a whole lot either. They're pretty they're pretty decent with the ball. I mean, 11 turnovers is a little shaky, but it's not like some teams that are in the 17-18 range. Overall, they have pretty good ball control, and they shoot the ball pretty well overall, 35% from three, 44% from the field. College basketball standards, that's pretty solid. And they're very well coached. Tinkle has done a great job up there in Oregon State. And I think they're primed to pull up and pull an upset off a team like Tennessee, who, while good, being a fifth seed is not exactly in their wheelhouse. It's not something they're known for. Usually they're the 12 seed trying to pull off an upset. Yeah, that is true. Um, I actually really like that matchup as well as a potential upset. But I'll start with mine first. Uh, loyal. Well, let me make sure. That was all your upsets, right? That was all for the Midwest in the first round. Okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure before I go, went, went ahead with mine. But, yeah, I'm going to start with the 8-9 and nine seed again. Again, I don't know how many people out there could include this an upset, but considering how loyal Chicago did as a, what, 13 seed, I believe? Something like that with Sister Mary? Sister uh, Jean. Oh, yeah, Sister Jean. Sorry, Sister Jean. My bad. And she Sister will be Jean. in attendance, by the way. She did get clearance to go, so she will be there. Yeah, so uh, sorry, Sister Jean is going to be a very short trip this year, even though you're the favorite. Uh uh, yeah, the basketball doesn't favor the favorites, really, at, at, at this point in time. Not when you go up against the hottest, the absolute hottest team in this tournament right now, and that's Georgia Tech. If we're counting, I had Georgia Tech winning, too, but with the 8-9 thing, I didn't. But, yes, I agree with you on the Georgia Tech thing. But I nearly changed the fourth sister, Gene, but Georgia, <laughs> Tech's on, Georgia Tech's on fire right now. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, everything about this Georgia Tech team is just they're set out to surprise some teams. Um, and unfortunately, I love loyal Chicago. I love what they're doing. They have the best defensive efficiency in the entire nation. And I don't think they have a chance to stop Georgia tech rolling right now. I mean, they're the rambling wreck for a reason. And once they get rolling and it's good luck trying to stop them, Georgia tech is, it's, it's going to be a scary game. It's going to be a close game. I do believe, but I do think Georgia tech just has enough firepower at the end of the, at the end of the game to finish it out. Whereas I, I think loyal Chicago, the one thing they lack from the last time they were in the tournament, is that high-scoring offensive presence. They're not going to go down the court every time and score a bucket as as efficient as they used to be. They hang their hat more on the defensive side, so Georgia Tech can take some advantage, force them into some mistakes offensively, get more offensive possessions that way, and that'll be what wins them the game. Um, but as you mentioned, Tennessee, Oregon State. Oregon State is the second-hottest team in this entire tournament. 
if it wasn't for Georgia Tech, I mean, honestly, they'd be the hottest team. And to your point about their shooting percentages, they were shooting 33% in conference play before the tournament. They shot 44% from three in the conference tournament to win the conference tournament. So, I mean, it's talk about night and day. If they can connect on their three-point shots, they can absolutely upset Tennessee, who is another SEC team who sucks at st- at stopping the three-point shot. Don't know what it is with SEC teams and three-point shooting, <laughs> but they are just not good at guarding it. Um, Auburn beat Tennessee earlier this season off of threes. <laughs> just like they beat Arkansas off of threes. And Auburn didn't even make the SEC tournament. That's how bad they were this year. <laughs> and if they could beat them, Oregon State being one of the se- being the second hottest team in this this tournament, I, I fully can support them upsetting Tennessee in this one. Um, oh, but, for, but for me, the only other one I have, and this one kind of bothers me, but at the same time, it's a matchup of teams that are just kind of happy to be here, and that's Clemson versus Rutgers. I have Rutgers pulling off the upset here. <laughs> um, Clemson is definitely, I feel like, the beneficiary of just kind of being there in the ACC. I don't feel like their team is that good, really. Um, and Rutgers also being a beneficiary of the Big Ten, being the best conference in the, in, in the tournament or in the, the season this year. I mean, they finished their regular season 3-9, and nine, and they were shooting less than 32% from three-point this season. But their inside game is very, very deadly, and their defense is probably twice as deadly. Whereas for Clemson... I mean, they didn't even play in the ACC tournament. Uh, like, real, uh, Well, I say they didn't, but they lost to Miami in the first round. They basically didn't play in the NCAA tournament. And they were off, off a pick and roll, and that matchup zone from Rutgers, it's a hell of a thing to try to guard to try to guard a pick and roll, but when you have a matchup zone, it's very easy. I mean, you just sit there and wait for the guy to, to come around the screen, and you're already in his face. So, uh, yeah, it's this one's more of a matchup one to me as well. Um, but it was about a 50-50 draw, and I, I will say I flipped a coin a couple, bunch of times, and it turned out Rutgers at the end of it. So this is my <laughs> my most questionable of all my upset picks. This is the one I'm probably not as trustworthy with. This is the one you bet the least amount of money on. Yeah, this is my in the confidence pick. This one gets 32. <laughs> for sure. Uh, but that does it with all our upsets for round one. How do you feel about some of these upsets? Do you think... I feel good at least one or two or? of them feels one or two of them feels really good, but I think at least one or two of them is going to make me feel stupid too. But like, I think it's kind of split down the middle, honestly. Like some of them I'll be like, yep, spot on felt that one. The other ones are like, well, DJ, you probably shouldn't have smoked that crack pipe before picking that one way to go. Exactly. Um, but just to run through it here for, for the second round, we have all the favorites matching up uh, going forward. Uh, well, I guess I should mention, I did also have Missouri going over Oklahoma in the, in the West. I just now noticed that. Didn't even think about that one being that 8-9 matchup as well. Um, no need explaining that one. That's just an 8-9 <laughs> matchup that goes down to the wire. Uh, but other than that, we have all the favorites other than the the picks we've mentioned, the upsets. Do we have any of our upset picks advancing past round two, DJ? Do you have any from the West Division advancing past round two, or do you think that's where they stop? West two, the West is pretty much status quo. Like, it's going to be it's going to be pretty status quo. No upsets there. Like the teams that pulled it off early that their Cinderella run ends in the West. Like the West, the wild, wild West is not as wild anymore. I feel you on that. I actually understand that. Um, for me, I do have UC Santa Barbara uh, continuing their upset run. They, I actually have them upsetting Virginia in that oh, second okay. round game. Um, actually, I have Creighton beating Virginia. So never four or five. I get, I meant I overlooked that one. So yeah, technically I have tough. one upset then you're right. You're right. <laughs> But yeah, other than that one, I mean, I have Kansas beating Wichita State Drake. That matchup, 
Um, now you did have Eastern Washington advancing there. If if let's say they do face Drake in that second round, who do you have advancing from Eastern Washington Drake? I, I just out of curiosity. I would. Ha- I think I'd give Drake the edge. I think Drake is definitely better. I think they pull that one off. I think Eastern Washington gets the perfect matchup as a fourteen three as a COVID riddled Kansas team. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's, this is more about Kansas than it's about Eastern Washington. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think they pull it off uh, against the the Wichita State Drake matchup in my in my eyes if it's Kansas. Um, thankfully, I didn't pick it to Washington, so I'm not even going to talk about it because I honestly don't know who would win that game. <laughs> um, but yeah, my only upset really advancing past round two in the West is UC Santa Barbara. So moving down to the East, you had one more upset pick than me. Um, so I'll just go ahead and tell you, St. Bonaventure does not advance in my eyes. <laughs> um, and the only, let's see, do I have any upsets advancing? I do not. So everybody, it's status quo. The lower seeds all win. Well, plot twist for me, I have them. I also have them losing to Michigan. So Michigan continues its run beating St. Bonifar. So, yeah, we agree on that one. But I did have Georgetown beating Florida State. I like the role Georgetown is in. I think they're a little slight of being a 12 seed. I think they're a better 12 seed than a lot of people are going to give credit for. And I think they're going to continue a surprise run. And they're going to take out Florida State. And then this one, I... I'm not comfortable on this one, but I'm going to pick it anyway. I think UConn upsets Alabama in round two. I really like how UConn plays. They underrated is RJ Cole's been their leading guy throughout the year, but James Boo Knight, he's been, he's missed so many games throughout the year, but he's averaging 20 points a game in that tournament. The last one they lost to Crate, ironically, he had a miserable night. He only scored like 14 points on five of 15 shooting, something along those lines. But the games he has played, he has scored over 20 the majority of the time. 45% 45% from the field, 30% from three. So they have a dynamic backcourt with those two, as well as Tyrese Martin, a guy, a guard who is leading their team in rebounds. Yeah. That, that's kind of all you need to know. And a Ford with two and a half blocks a game. He's on some, he's like that Miles Turner of the NBA, right? Or of college basketball right now with Isaiah Whaley. So this seems a lot deeper than I think. And I think with Boo Knight being healthy, that gives them such a, di- a more dynamic backcourt. Because the few times I turned on UConn and saw them play, I was like, Oh yeah, there's that guy. He was the one who stuck out. And then during the during that little stretch when he was injured, he wasn't on there. They look like a different team. But when he's he's there and they have the full squad, I think they're primed to upset Alabama. Which I know you're. I saw you kind of giggle a little bit over there because I think Alabama's not the best of the two seeds either at the same time. Yeah, no, I mean, look, Alabama's had a fantastic season. I'll go out and say it, but I think a little bit of my Alabama dislike is rubbing off on you at this point in time in the podcast. I think it's finally starting to rub off. Because I didn't even have him being upset by UConn. However, I will say when I did my breakdown of the seating, when they did the uh, selection pick, if you guys haven't checked that blog out, it is up on our website. Um, I did say exactly what you said about James Boonight. When he is healthy, this team is a nuisance. This team will beat somebody. And Bama, the one big question mark I have is, can they go through a whole game with the lead? Because they have been playing cardiac kids all season long. And it's just a matter of what team can take advantage of them trying to play cardiac kids. And UConn would be one that I could see see it happening. Um, when I actually wrote this down for UConn losing to Bama, I did say, unless Bama falls early in the second half. If Bama goes down early in the second half, UConn will win this game. And I, I think UConn, UConn is better coached too. I think they're gonna I think coaching is gonna play a difference in this one. Alabama's not used to being here. This is not status quo for them. Yeah. UConn, this is pretty, they're pretty familiar with this. I mean, usually they're even a higher seed than this, if I'm not mistaken, too. So, yeah, they got a, they got a little bit of edge to them, a little bit of, 
okay, here we come. You know, that coach is like, I've been a top four seed. I will not stand for this. Exactly. And you know, there's a, you know, there's a competition. I don't care what they say. There's a competition between the men's and women's program at UConn. You know, for a fact, every time the women's program is about to go take home a title or just took home another Big East title or a whatever conference they play in every year because they've switched between American and Big East four times. <laughs> it's it, it, you're just like you know there's a competition there that they don't want to just let Gino Ariema take all these titles. They're like, no, we need to go get one eventually. We'll Absolutely, get one. like it's my turn. What? What? Let me get one. Let me have one with my name on it. You got 18 other ones. Let me get one. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So you have UConn advancing, and you have Georgetown advancing. Those are your two upsets continuing. But other than that, you have it pretty status quo. So other than that, have... I have Texas beating BYU and Michigan beating. So yeah, pretty standard there. Okay, so it would be a Michigan Georgetown and a Texas. UConn matchup for whereas for me I have Michigan Florida State Texas Bama on that next round. Okay, um, so yours is very status quo. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I that that there's always one that just seems to sit next to the numbers, and for me that's that one. But moving to the South, obviously this is when I had a lot of upsets in. But where I'll do you let have... you go first on this one? Honestly, okay. I, I we're gonna break the order and let you go first on this one. All right. In that case, I'll start with my Winthrop Purdue matchup. I have Winthrop actually advancing in this one as well. Um, just, I love what Winthrop is. I, I really do. Um, moving down Colgate was my other, was my other upsets. I have them losing to Texas tech. I did talk about Mac McClung earlier and how good he is. That Texas tech team with Mac McClung is kind of the, he's the superstar and everybody else is above average. Hmm. So it's a very deadly team to face, even though they're a six seed, I wouldn't want to face them. Um, and then the other team I had upsetting in the first round was Virginia tech. And I do also have them losing to the Ohio State University. And if you're an Ohio State fan, it's T H E E V, not T H E. Fix your damn shirts, please. Anyways, that's yeah. So I only have Winthrop advancing. Other than that, um, it's pretty status quo. So Baylor versus Winthrop in the next round and Texas Tech versus Ohio State. Okay. For me, I have Ohio State advancing past Florida, Arkansas past Texas Tech as well. So I mean, not too nothing too dramatic there. So I do have Villanova beating University of Tech, North Texas. I mean, that was a fun run while it lasted, but <laughs> yeah, I think Villanova in a similar vein is like UConn. It's like, okay, we're, we're feeling ourselves. We're not going to lose to this team now. But where I got goofy and broke things is I have UNC upsetting Baylor, the first number one seed going down. So Roy Williams pulls off a miracle for a team that barely made the tournament. I think he pulls off a miracle for a team that barely made the tournament. Be- honestly, just because of the matchup, Baylor is absolutely jacked and loaded i mean three guards averaging 14 15 points a game jared butler's an absolute stud but they're a guard heavy team but their forwards are just kind of on the court like not that they don't contribute but like every one of their stat leaders is a guard they play basically a four guard set like the old phoenix suns who tried to run three point guards basically that's pretty much what baylor has mastered and then just one tall guy to kind of snag a few boards here or there i mean their leading board getter is also a guard that's all you need to know really but Armando Bascott or Bacot, excuse me. I know his stats aren't exactly that great, but he's a dude that owns the paint. Really, he can own the paint when given the opportunity. He showed a little bit of that in the AC, not as much in the ACC tournament, but throughout conference play. I mean, eight rebounds, four, 12, 13 points, about a block a game. Not dominant, probably not a smart bet, honestly. But this just has a weird feeling because I feel like Baylor had a little bit of a. Not an easy schedule, but it felt like some of their toughest games didn't play out. Like they got to dodge Gonzaga. It's kind of a kind of nice there. Got <laughs> to dodge West Virginia. They had a bunch of games canceled and postponed with TCU, Oklahoma, Texas Tech as well. They 
They lost to Kansas pretty badly as one of their losses and losing to Oklahoma State as well. So in Oklahoma State, that was Oklahoma State's obviously a team I talked about a little bit too earlier, but I th- I think this is the first prime prime number one seed upset. Weird feeling, would not bet on it, not betting my not betting any money on it, but it it has a weird matchup feeling if if I'm explaining that correctly. Yeah, no, and to your point of the matchup, uh, the one thing with UNC this year that was very unique for Roy Williams' team is is they're obviously not the most explosive team. Like, they don't have a P.J. Washington sitting on the court ready to, you know, just take on all comers down low. But they have three guys that they rotate in and out at the power forward center position that are all very efficient defenders. Uh, and you, when you talk about a big guy defending, two of the three big guys that are great at efficient defenders – excel on the offensive end. They carry the load offensively for him. And you talked about mm-hmm. the forwards for Baylor just kind of being there, and you're exactly right. This matchup is a close one. And this is, a, again, this is another one that I have matched a little asterisk that says, well, maybe, you know, that, <laughs> that was literally my thought going into this one. Well, maybe, but I and just ended up going with Baylor just because. That's a smart pick. I think I'm. this is prefaced on Roy Williams having a plan to stop all those guards, like him being that Hall of Fame coach that he is. To put to bit, find a way to lock down those guards. Yeah, and this is definitely a grinded out team in UNC this year, which is very different from past seasons. And if it becomes a grindy fest, they have the size and the strength inside to make it ugly, make it nasty. And Roy Williams can win any way you need him to. Absolutely. He'll find a way. He's a he master just, of it at this point in time. Yeah, Think about exactly. the guys he's won it with. He's won it with guys like MJ and Vince Carter. Well, I just like won tournaments with them, ACT tournaments. And he's also won it with guys like PJ Washington and a bunch of no names. And Tyler Hansborough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he can win with anybody, uh, give him a chance. So moving to the Midwest, after your big upset of U- the UNC falling, do you have any in round two falling as well? Kind of. I okay. just talked about Oklahoma State, a really good team. One of them would be Baylor. But there, I think Oregon State continues their surprise run as well, too. I think Oregon State's going to continue a little bit of a streak. I think they're going to shoot well. They're going to be well coached, and I think they're going to pull off an upset over Oklahoma state, two teams that honestly look almost exactly the same as far as their uniform. I know they're different, but same uniform colors and they're both okay. State, their initials are okay. ST yeah. is like, or OST. Yeah. They O R S T excuse me. And okay. ST. They look so similar on the bracket. I have to look up and down, double check myself a few times, but I think Oregon state continues their run. A lot of the same reason. I think they beat Tennessee. I think they beat Oklahoma state as well too. Oklahoma state's really, really good but I think they're a team that's going to kind of fizzle out here as well, too. I think they kind of already hit their peak, like when they beat Baylor. Now I think it's kind of fizzling back down to really, really good, but a hot team could catch them going off. So you're not say it sold by Cade Cunningham, huh? I'm a, I'm a fan, but I think this is where it kind of fizzles a bit. All right, understandable. All right. Any other ones you had in here, or is that that, that one does it for you? No, that pretty much rounds that one out. Yeah, that one's so- pretty status quo otherwise. Yeah, for me, I actually stuck with the status quo on this one. I mean, obviously I had Georgia Tech facing Illinois. Illinois wins um, in the second matchup, Oregon State versus Oklahoma State. Like, you have the upset here. I have Cade Cunningham coming out of his back and absolutely showing why he's the best player in the nation and why Oklahoma State never has to worry about who the best player on the court is because they will always have him. Um, at least if he season. breaks out the bag, it could be a lot more of a different story, too. If he breaks out the bag, good luck. But I think they're almost too dependent on that bag, which I think in the tournament, we'll see. Yeah, to me, hot streaks are great, great for round one wins, but then they, they get excited and that second round for me is always where i have hot streaks ending which as you see with georgia tech and oregon state i have them both losing in the second round so that's kind of what my theory is behind that um 
And then again, I, you know, I don't have any other upsets down the or I have Rutgers as the other one, but they lose to Houston because it's Houston and nobody mm. wants to meet that team right now at all. Like they're a two seed, but they're a, they should be a one. Let's be honest. They so, have a strong case for a one. They could have honestly, they could have, if Illinois hadn't won the tournament, they could have replaced Illinois as that one seed right here in this division. And it would have been a stronger division for it or stronger section for it. Um, and then San Diego State, obviously the winner between West Virginia and San Diego State. So I guess that is technically an upset um, when you look at it, six versus three. I just think their offense is too good. Um, which you had Syracuse in that position, so you have West Virginia advancing there. But yeah. so, you know, obviously we have some differencing in our brackets here. Um, we'll go through round three. We'll go through the Sweet 16 real quick, and then we'll take a break for Elite Eight. Um, but just real quick, uh, Gonzaga versus – I have UC Santa Barbara. I have Gonzaga winning. Um, and then Kansas versus Iowa, I have Iowa winning. How's yeah, we have the same out? thing with that. Can, we have Gonzaga and Iowa meet going forward. Okay. And then in the East, I have Michigan FSU. You have Michigan Georgetown, I do believe. Yeah, and Michigan's going to take that one. Yeah, I also have Michigan. And then for me, I have Texas Bama, and I actually have Texas being the team to knock Bama off, whereas you had UConn, so you have Texas UConn. Do you and have Texas, Texas knocks off UConn. We agree on that one, too. UConn right. had their... They're thing. They're really well coached, but I, this Texas team takes out UConn. So our Elite Eight on the West and East looks like Gonzaga versus Iowa in the West and Michigan versus Texas in the East. Oh, good, considering how drastic ways we took to get here. So far, <laughs> we're right on the same page. Exactly. So moving over to the here. South, you have UNC versus, I don't remember, Villanova, I believe you have. Yeah. Okay, and then I have Baylor versus Winthrop. I have Baylor advancing here. So yours will be different, obviously. So you have UNC versus Villanova. Who do you have winning this one? I got Villanova, championship type pedigree. UNC, they had that big splash moment, but it kind of ends here. I think they're a little talent deficient. And like I mentioned, I think beating Baylor was a very matchup and coaching-based thing. Villanova can match what UNC could do, and I'm going to take Villanova in this one. I respect that, actually, um, because I do think if I had to choose between that matchup, Jay Wright gets the edge just a little bit, not because of coaching, just because of the talent around him as well and his ability to relate to kids. I mean, if you guys have ever seen Jay Wright talk on TV or anything like that, he is one of the most fantastic people coaches, player coaches, and that's what I like about him. Um, That's why it was hard for me to pick Winthrop over him, but (laughs) I had to give Winthrop credit. I mean, they've had a fantastic (laughs) year. So so you you have Villanova, and then in the bottom side of this matchup, I have Texas Tech versus... Ohio State is that also what you had as well? I have Ohio State and Arkansas. I Ohio didn't State have Arkansas. Arkansas getting KO'd as early. That's right. So how do you have yours finishing? Do you have Arkansas beating Ohio State, or do you have Ohio State walking into the South? I'm starting to think because you asked me, you have Ohio State losing. That's why he wanted me to go first. So I'll get mine out of the way. I have Ohio State beating Arkansas, so it will be Ohio State and Villanova. So let's hear let's hear yours now. Uh, Ohio State is prone to mistakes. Uh, however, Mac McClung and team, like I mentioned, they are Mac McClung and above averages. Um, but Ohio State is all above averages and a team faced defense that I don't want to face. If I'm Texas Tech, you, they rely too much on Mac McClung offensively. So Ohio State actually does advance in this one. So I have Baylor, Ohio State, whereas you will have Nova, Bill and Nova Ohio, Ohio State. State. So that's a very interesting matchup there. You have the five seed all the way there. Um, so that's a, that's a very intriguing one. I'm actually curious about that one. It's not just any five seed though. That's Villanova. That's like, that's not just any five seed. That's a special five seed. That's a good point. All right. Now moving to the last section of the bracket, Midwest division. I have Illinois versus Oklahoma state. You have Illinois versus Oregon state. If I do believe correct. That is correct. All right. So since you have the upset team, the lowest seed in here, along with Illinois, how do you have them faring? 
Yeah, Oregon State's done. That that this was fun, but uh, this is Illinois. Illinois walks away this one. They are. I think they're on it. I you talked about if they didn't win the tournament, it could have been Houston. It probably should have been Houston. I think Illinois was, in my opinion, the best team in the Big Ten. I don't, regardless of how the rankings and everything played out, Illinois is an absolute powerhouse. So I think they put they take care of Oregon State comfortably. I think I hold Illinois in a higher regard than some people do. Yeah, definitely a higher regard than I am. Um, well, I can't lie. You had your number one in Baylor falling in round two. I have a number one in Illinois falling right here in the Sweet 16. Well, well, well. Oklahoma State and that man, that myth, that legend, Cade Cunningham, this is his chance to shine, and this is his chance to prove that he is that dude. And March is when heroes are made. That's the big, you know, philosophy around around NBA players down in the future. This is when these guys become cult heroes. We think about Cardiac Kemba and what he was able to do. We think about Steph Curry. We think about Jimmer Fredette. These guys became household names in March. Cade Cunningham isn't a household name outside the Midwest. But he's about to become an household name real quick with this upset of Illinois. So give me OK State over Illinois, and you can mark that one in your books, ladies and gentlemen. I do think we'll say one thing though about the those guys you mentioned beforehand. There's one thing that they've got that's different with those guys Mm -hmm. than there's with Kate Cunningham. What's that? They were upperclassmen. They were guys that stuck around. They weren't freshmen. We don't see the freshmen making as big of a splash in the tournament in recent years because they're all one and done. If they do, it's because they're on the Kentucky team of five stars. But that's not happening this year. So I'll that is that. interesting. I'll give you that. While Kate Cunningham is probably the best player in this tournament, it we it we haven't really seen a freshman do that like we saw with Cardiac Kemba. We haven't seen much of that, honestly. So I'm intrigued. He is the best player in the in this tournament, quite possibly. So yeah, it's it's tough. Like that's it's tough to pick against them. I had a tough time picking against them early too. If I think if they get by Oregon State, that's a tough one with Illinois too. Yeah, and to me, Illinois is just too hot and cold. That's why I don't think they were a very deserved if they didn't win the tournament they weren't going to be a number one seed it's just because of how up and down their season was i mean you can't you can't say that the the team that was like outside projected number two seed going into the tournament and all of a sudden wins the tournament is like okay yeah they totally deserve a number one seed no matter what like no 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 hold on like give me a break on that one i that's why i'm like they're they're a very good team illinois is and i just wonder if this pressure of being a number one seed is going to get to them. I know there shouldn't be pressure for being a number one seed, but there's stupid things that give teams pressure at any point in time. And I think this is just one of those cases. But moving to the bottom of the bracket, I have San Diego State versus Houston. And you also you have what, West Virginia versus Houston, I believe? I have West Virginia and Houston. All right, so we'll start with you. Oh, well, actually, since I have lower seed, I'll go first. Um, I have Houston advancing. <laughs> I'll just keep it mm-hmm. short and simple. They're the team that nobody wants to face right now. So uh, what about you? San Diego State versus or sorry, West Virginia versus Houston. Well, now I feel like the goofball because I actually picked West Virginia to pull it off. Okay. I think right. I think Houston is very, very good. Honest, and like you said, they could have had a strong case for a number one seed over just about anyone. And I think if they played maybe Ohio State or some of these other teams, I think they could have upset. I think they're a better number two seed than like Ohio State, for example. I think they could be I think in most other brackets, it'd be more of a threat. But I think West Virginia is a team that could have their number. Miles McBride and Derek Culver, that's a, a guard power, a guard four combo is one hell of a one-two punch. They got that little, oh, I'm not going to say Stockton Malone, that's a little blasphemous, but I mean, they they <laughs> kind of have exactly what you want as far as the guard that can score and facilitate, steal the ball. The forward who can score, rebound, and block shots. They, they kind of run the whole offense. I mean, Culver shoots 50% from the field, and 
Miles McBride shoots 39.2% from three. I, I like the one-two punch. Houston, like you mentioned, the team nobody really wants to deal with right now. Yeah. That's that's kind of the squad. But I'm going to say the Mountaineers managed to pull it off just from those two guys being able to take over the game in a two-man game down the stretch. So we will be right back, guys, and we will be talking the Elite Eight. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand-new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand-new T-shirt, brand-new hoodie, brand-new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to OnionsSN.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys missed, we just heard from our network partners, Fubo TV and Fanatics.com. Let's get right to it. The Elite Eight. If you guys missed the first half of the episode, don't worry. Go check it out on Anchor. You'll be able to hear the rest of it. But the Elite Eight, DJ, we'll start with the West. The unanimous number one, number one seed, Gonzaga versus Iowa. We both picked this one. Uh, ironically, somehow the exact same, even though we, we kind of went about the different ways to get here. Our tournaments definitely walk different paths, but in this area, we had the same shoes. Yep. So what do you feel about Gonzaga and what do you feel about Iowa? We'll start with the number two seed in this one. We'll start with Iowa because we both have our some strong feelings towards Iowa. Do you think they have a chance versus Gonzaga? We'll start there. You know, I'm going to skip ahead and tell you exactly who I'm winning. I have Iowa pulling off the upset. Oh, so. Oh, we're so gonna you jump. do believe we're... they can they can do it. So that answers that question. We're going to just get that out of the way now and work our way back. Okay. So I think the first reason is their best player, Luca Garza, is probably the best offensive p- player in the paint in the country, who has somehow learned how to shoot threes this year at a pretty decent clip. Does need to work on defending the paint. That could be an improvement. But he's also a rebounding machine as well. He Basically, when it comes inside the restricted area, he has found a way to, to control it. When he's on his game and he's not in foul trouble or just off his game like he was in some games, that's pretty much when they've been unstoppable, when they've had health around him. The, a guard, Joe Wieskamp, I believe, he's a guard. When he's shooting from the outside, when they had him injured for a little while, that's when they struggled. That's when they were losing games. There was like, wait, you lost to them? What this? I, wait, what are you doing? Considering they were a team that first, everybody wanted to be one of these one or two seeds. Had a little stretch where they lost a handful of games, started to drop out of the top 10 even. Then they got him back and started rolling. And Jordan Bohan, and the outspoken, to say the least, point guard, he can, at any moment, he can get you 20, but at any moment, he can shoot four of 20. He's also one of the best passers in the Big Ten as well, too. I think their inside out game is great. And I think what's underrated is Gonzaga, you mentioned the undisputed number one seed, undoubtedly. If this was a series, NBA finals type series, taking Gonzaga, better team. It's a one game thing. And Gonzaga has the underrated pressure. They are still undefeated. We saw it a little bit in the cup before the tournament. They were down, I think it was 15 points and had to come back. 
I think that starts to weigh on you a little bit. Start like that's always in the back of their heads. You see with these undefeated teams, Kentucky when they played Wisconsin five ish years ago with Carl Anthony Towns in the squad. You can see them slowly that pressure creeps in on you the farther and farther you go. And I was coming out of the Big Ten, who we both agree, and if anyone who has watched college basketball agree this year, there's the Big Ten conference, there's a gap, and then there's pretty much everybody else. Then there's the Big Twelve, and then there's everybody else. Yeah. There's a big gap as far as conferences go. And Iowa came through that pretty strong to get a number two seed. Obviously, there are still teams that were ahead of them in the Big Ten tournament. We talked about Illinois winning it and Michigan being a number one seed. But Iowa's no slouch. They only got roasted, I think, one or two times this season. Yeah. I think they have this. They have the players and they have the, I don't want to say resume because that sounds like I'm discounting Gonzaga. But I think they have been through the adver- more adversity than Gonzaga has who has one game adver- adversity. And at yeah. the same time, they have that they played earlier in the season and they were really close. Then Gonzaga pulled away later. Iowa has that little bit of okay, we're gonna get ours this time, redemption feel to it. Yeah, and, and to your point as far as the resume goes, I think um it'd be uh it'd be a lie to say that the West Coast conference is on par with the Big Ten. Um especially this year. Especially this year. This normally it's St. Mary's and Gonzaga at the top of it, but really St. Mary's didn't have much of a a candle to hold in this year's turn in this year's conference play. Um, so it was quite literally Gonzaga and Gonzaga in that West coast conference. So yeah, to your point of the resume, Iowa makes complete sense. And as you mentioned, uh, uh, the Iowa Gonzaga game earlier this season, went finished 99, 88, uh, both teams were undefeated at the time. Also six and Oh, Iowa versus Gonzaga at four and Oh. And it was a, honestly, it was a hot start to the gun. For Gonzaga, that won them this game. If they don't win the first half, 51-37, they'd lose this game because they were outscored in the second half, 51-48 by Iowa. And not to mention, Gonzaga was shooting pretty lights out from beyond the arc, too. And Iowa was shooting miserable from the free throw line, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, so uh, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, to your point, um, from the free throw line, let's see, looking at 53% from the free throw line for Iowa. So, yeah, not not that great. At all. That'll that'll do, especially when Gonzaga was shooting closer to that from the three-point line. Yeah, they shot 50% from three. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a 51.4% total from field goal. 50% of that was from the three-point line for Gonzaga. That just tells you how accurate they were. Um, I, do, I will say, though, this is my favorite matchup of our Elite Eights, regardless of who we have. I think this one is the, no matter who you pick in the rest of the conferences, I think this is the best Elite Eight matchup you could put together, in my opinion. Yeah. And... So for me, I have Gonzaga winning. I'll just go ahead and, and, and ruin the cat and put, put it well, right I out of the Well, I for one am shocked. I know, right? Oh, it's awful. Um, you might but, be the only person to pick Gonzaga to win this. I don't believe this. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like my NFL pick. Uh, let's let's pick Tampa Bay and Kansas City to be in the Super Bowl because nobody else is going to be smart enough to pick the, the two most likely teams to ever make it there. So if Kelsey's Island, we're going to start calling it Vegas Odds Island. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, like when we, when we look at this, you're talking about three All-Americans versus one All-American. And honestly, for, for Gonzaga, they could have four All-Americans. Let's be completely and utterly honest about this. If Cade Cunningham didn't have to go on a list, and some other outstanding Fred freshman didn't have to go on the list, this Gonzaga team has a fourth member on this list. Uh, at the very least, on the third team. Uh, but... You know, unable to uh, unable to actually get the fourth guy on the on the on the on the third team uh, All American list. So, three guys on the All American list. That's terrifying. I'm sorry, but you and you add in Mark Few's head coaching and his coaching abilities in general. Yeah, I know 
Iowa and Luca Garza have been absolutely fantastic. Luca Garza is the only other guy I think in this tournament that you can say he's probably the best player on the court unless he goes up against Cade Cunningham. And that's literally a 51-49% matchup to who your favorite is. And it's just your preference whether you like a Cade Cunningham style or you like a big guy. Um, that's the only difference between those two. It's, it's just, just your preferred play style. Um, but yeah, this is just, this is an incredible matchup. But for me, I just have that overwhelming All-American strength from Gonzaga. Just, I won't say taking it to, taking it to Iowa. I have this as Gonzaga's hardest game of the tournament, which to me means it's going to be like a three-point game, if not a two-point game, because Iowa is going to be wanting to make a point. And as you mentioned, Wisecamp, he has been absolutely fantastic since coming back from injury, which ironically is when Iowa was only on their losing streak shortly after that Gonzaga game. But after that, they fixed it, got it together, ended up with a two seed. Um, it helped when Wieskamp was healthy, too. Like, during that stretch, he misses games, and he comes back. It's like, oh, yeah, this is who we are. And, and Jordan Bohannon started making some shots on occasion. Exactly. I was about to say. And don't forget the X Factor in Bohannon, who, when he is actually having his day, um, they've been few and far between here at the end, but when he is having his day, can shoot lights out from the three. So if they can get that inside-out game working with Bohannon and Garza and Wieskamp, then, yeah, okay. I could see this one possibly going to Iowa, but I don't trust Bohannon. I, I just don't. Uh, he hasn't proved it enough to me to trust him. So I'm going Gonzaga on this one for me. So okay. It's, it's going to be a tough yeah, one, though, but it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of hard to argue with all of it, too. It's, just, yeah, it's Gonzaga. You're pretty much always right to pick Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to get bounced the second round by UC Santa Barbara. And I'll be like, I picked UC Santa Barbara to lose. <laughs> damn it. But yeah. No, that's just, you know, that's just my luck. But going down to the East, we somehow managed to get this one exactly the same as well. Michigan versus Texas. So three-seeded Texas versus one-seeded Michigan. And DJ, who do you have in this one? Ah, the blasphemy continues. I got Texas pulling off the upset and making it to the final to the final four. I when I look at Texas, not obviously they're kind of in the this is weird because it's the backwards version of UNC and Baylor, where Michigan has the big powerhouse center and Hunter Dickerson controls the paint, 14 points, eight rebounds. Another forward, Isaiah Livers, 13.6 rebounds. Where Texas, their main scores are all three guards again, like Andrew Jones, f- basically 15 points. Matthew Coleman, 13 points. Courtney Ramey, 13 points. Like theirs is the same thing as what I had with UNC and Baylor, but flipped the other way. I think. Texas can do what Baylor does as far as the Big 12, playing a bunch of guards and running and gunning. Michigan's going to try and slow it down, bang it down low. What's weird, though, is even with all that being said, Texas averages more rebounds per game than Michigan. They find a way to get to the ball. Michigan is better across the board at free throws, turnovers, all that sort of thing. But Texas, as you mentioned, they dealt with that man, Cade Cunningham, in the Big 12 tournament and won the Big 12 tournament by stopping Cade Cunningham. They have a unique ability to play defense, while also converting it into offense. I think they transitioned from offensive end, from defensive end to offensive end, as well as just about anybody in this tournament. Yeah, And they, they score more points per game than Michigan, too. I think, I feel like Texas is that kind of team that's really good, but also is hot at the same time. Yeah. And Michigan, as a deserving number one seed as there is, I think they're, give me a Texas. You know what, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, but I'm taking Texas, and it's not. I can't even say anything negative about Michigan why they wouldn't win. 
I just really like this Texas team and I like what they've showed so far. Yeah, no, to your point, um, Shaka smart. I, I, I think he is the best coach that's not being considered a fantastic coach in the NCAA to this day. I think he's the most underrated coach. If you guys remember, he led BCU to a final floor berth. And that VCU team has no talent compared to this Texas team. And that's no offense to the VCU team because they were fantastic. But this Texas team is 10 times better. Easily 10 times better than anything Shaka Smart ever had at VCU. And, you know, you mentioned Andrew Andrew Jones. He, he's come back from leukemia. You know, come back from cancer diagnosis that he beat. This kid has literally beaten cancer. Why not beat Michigan? <laughs> And you got your other your co-pilot Matthew Coleman, who leads, who takes care of the assists and leads the team in steals. Yeah. So he gives you the two intangible factors as well, while your leading scorer gets the buckets. And and the, the the fun thing about this Texas team that I will say as well is that they can win close games and they can win close games late. Michigan cannot. They have not proven they can do that yet. The closest game was against Ohio State the second time around, and Ohio State just smacked them late. And won the game. Literally knocked him out of the comp- out of the tournament. And, and out of the uh, Big Ten tournament. And so, like, Michigan, I love Juwan. I love what Juwan Howard has done for this team. But I don't think it's their, their year this year. I think they've done a fantastic job. Look for them next year to come out and, and absolutely just stomp on people. <laughs> but this year, give me Texas in this one advancing as well. Um, oh, we actually I, agreed on one finally. Yeah, I love Shaka Smart, man. Shaka Smart is one of my favorite coaches, just like Jay Wright. I think those those are the two next, like Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski style coaching we have in, in the in college. Um, I don't think they'll ever go to the NBA because I don't think their style the of coaching coaches will, and this is where they'll be Hall of Fame college coaches. There's yeah, their 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 style of coaching isn't it's it's a lot it reminds me a lot like Larry Brown in college how he was just so good for so many players, and then when he moved to the pros he was still good. But he wasn't that level good in the pros coaching as he was in college. He was still a really good pro coach. Still wanted to NBA title, so. Yeah, still wanted an NBA title, but he was not. He was better in college still. Yeah. All that being said, still a better college coach. <laughs> still better college. So I think this is going to be the same thing. Shaka Smart and, and Jay Wright, as I mentioned, from Nova. Um, but speaking of that Nova team, hmm. moving to the south, uh, Nova versus OSU for you, if I believe right. And Nova versus OSU, that is okay. correct. And then Baylor versus OSU for me. Um, again, since you have the lowest seed, sir, go. I concede to you. Yeah, it's just gonna. Be, it's not not gonna be a surprise here. I don't have Villanova going. This is where there's ends. I think Ohio State somehow finds a way to get the last laugh over Michigan again, and gets up and ends up in the Final Four. I think Dwayne Washington's gonna have himself a really good tournament. 16 points per game. EJ Liddell too. One two punch also gets 16 points a game. They got it. Ohio State's in any other conference, they probably win the conference. If yeah. they didn't have to deal with the Big Ten, you put them in anywhere besides that or having to deal with Gonzaga, they could be probably just about anybody else. So I have them beating Villanova just because as great of a coach, as great as Villanova is, as awesome as this run has been, it's not their best Villanova team in recent years. They got here off a of pure gangster, basically. Definitely. But at this point, the gangster runs out a little bit. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I know it's not Villanova they're playing for me, but I have Ohio State beating Baylor. Same reasons. Ohio State is just absolutely too much to handle. Um, any other any other conference they're playing in, they're the best team. And sorry, Baylor, if you played Ohio State in the regular season, you would have gotten beaten there, and you're gonna get beaten again in, in the tournament by them. I mean, this is obviously you didn't get beaten the first time, but if they had played in the regular season, they'd be beaten again. But this is just yeah, Ohio State's too strong right now. 
um, for Baylor for what they can do. And yeah, there's just uh, it's really not fair. I love Baylor. I want to put Baylor a little bit further, but I I don't have them. I don't have them going any further. Or, and I I really hate Ohio State and the fact mm-hmm. they can't spell the right. Again, if you're an Ohio State fan, T H E E, not T H E. Just just to correct you again. You can also put D E E and call yourself D Ohio State. Either one. Or you but know, the. just D A D Ohio State. Yo, sorry. All right, I'm, that was bad. I'm ooh, never doing that again. Anyways, <laughs> moving to the Midwest Conference. For me, I have OK State versus Houston, and in this one, I do believe you have Illinois versus Houston. I have Illinois versus West Virginia. Oh, Illinois versus West Virginia. Oh, that's correct. I forgot you had West Virginia upsetting Houston. Correct. Correct. Um, let's see who I have the four seed versus the two seed then. And you have the three seed versus the one seed. So I will go first in this one. Um, and Oklahoma state and Cade Cunningham. I'm sorry, but as I've said, I don't know how many times, well, let's see three times about Houston so far. Houston is a team that nobody wants to play. And nobody still wants to play them the way you have it going. And nobody wants to play them remaining still. They absolutely dominated their conference regular season. They only lost three times, and three those three losses were because of a COVID-positive test. Uh, so they can do it offensively. They can do it defensively. Ranked top 10 in both offensive and defensive categories. Um, so yeah, just give me Houston over OK State and Cade Cunningham, who is going to be the number one pick in the in the NBA draft. Um, hopefully, he goes to the Kings. We'll see if that's mm. possible. But anyways, I digress. So West Virginia versus Illinois, DJ. What do you got going there? West Virginia versus Illinois. Well, I don't hate Illinois as much as you do, so I have Illinois getting past West Virginia, <laughs> best team in the Big Ten. Well, winning the Big Ten tournament, I should say. Fantastic one-two punch, in my opinion probably one of the best one-two punches in the game with Kofi Cockburn and Ayo Dazumu. Sorry if I'm butchering his name, but uh, yeah, good luck. Yeah. I, I literally said his wrote, typed his name up and I said, I don't know how to pronounce this in parentheses next to it. Like I've heard it a bunch of times, but I still, I, every time I try to read it, I can't seem to get it. I have to hear it then I have to repeat it basically. But my point is those two are two of the best players in the country and they're on the same team. They're battle tested. West Virginia is awesome. I like them a lot. Kind of like Texas. If you put them against somebody else, I think they can get farther. They, they could beat some of the other one seeds. They could beat an Ohio State, for example, a two seed in another in another conference. But they're running into this year, Buzzsaw in Illinois. And I think this is where it ends. Give me Illinois into the Final Four. All right. I respect it. And by the way, I do think that's going to be a name that we'll have to learn very quickly because I do think he'll be a, a very good NBA player going forward. Um, I think like, we're going to have to learn this real quick before we even start March Madness. Like I, yeah. I'm i going to have to have it, someone saying it in my ear constantly just so I – I'm a hearing kind of guy. That's how I learn things. Yeah. So I almost have to hear it three times and I can say it, but I can't ever read it. For me, it's like Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It <laughs> took me that long, like literally this year, I feel like to finally say Antetokounmpo correctly. And I just say it really fast and hope it sounds right. <laughs> That's kind of how it works for me. But here we are, guys, the final four. Uh, and for the most part, we are very similar on these. Um, you, we each have one different, but... <laughs> Oh, actually, two different. You, I forgot you have Iowa instead of Gonzaga. So, hmm. for me, I have Gonzaga versus Texas and Ohio State versus Houston. And, DJ, you have Iowa versus Texas and Ohio State versus Illinois. Correct? A whole lot of Big Ten in here I wasn't really going for, but that's just kind of <laughs> how it plays out when you 
Iron sharpens iron after a while. And when you get to go against leaves and other miscellaneous objects, it kind of balances out. So here's my question to you. Do we have an all big 10 national championship game? We'll start with that. Do you have Iowa defeating Texas? No, Texas continues their run. They continue to pull it off. This is where Iowa, we talked about how they are really hot sometimes, but they're also really cold at other times. Luca Garza can absolutely dominate the paint, but sometimes he can get pulled away and get him basically put in no man's land, especially because the outside shooters aren't always there. Wieskamp's pretty good, but he's not his sniper. Bohannon, when he's on, one of the better point guards, but sometimes he's off and really streaky. Sometimes he's very erratic. Tucson, the six-man slash point backup point guard, he's really good, but he's not really a game-breaker. They don't really have enough around guards so that I think a team like Texas – when they get running and gunning and get flying, like I think they will during this tournament, I think they're gonna be able to spread them out. And basically, it's gonna be Garza versus Texas. Yeah, they it's gonna. I think they're gonna make they're gonna make a Wies Camp, Jordan Bohannon, Tucson. They're gonna put them in very unfavorable positions and pick them apart. And it'll be close. Garza will keep it close. He'll have his usual twenty five and thirteen or something ridiculous. <laughs> He'll manage to make it close. But I think Texas will have a little too much firepower. All right, fair enough. Um, so since I had Iowa losing to Gonzaga, I didn't have them. I didn't have Iowa losing, obviously here in Texas. Uh, but I agree. I actually totally understand what you're trying, what you're getting with with Iowa, because they they got revenge. They had revenge on their mind. They got it finally beating Gonzaga. And you know we always talk about sometimes teams focus too much on getting that revenge game, and then their next game afterward they fall apart. And I can totally see that happening if they do. If Iowa is able to beat Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. But since I don't have Gonzaga <laughs> losing in the Elite Eight, um, I have Gonzaga t- facing Texas. And as much as I love Saka Smart, I think I like Mark Few a little bit better. <laughs> uh, and that, again, three All-Americans, potential for four All-Americans on one team, absolutely unheard of. Uh, give me Gonzaga. And I uh, will just leave it at that. It's not going to be, like I said, it's not going to be the hardest game Gonzaga plays, but it's going to be a tough game. It's probably going to be like an eight to ten point game at the end of the game. But I do think that Iowa game is still going to be painful for Gonzaga. They're going to be close. And if they do pull it out, I feel like that was their toughest game in going forward. Um, that there's nothing left really to stop them because they are a powerhouse. <laughs> so Gonzaga goes to the national championship game. And the winner they will face, we'll talk about in a second. But Ohio State for me versus Houston. And then DJ, you have Ohio State versus Illinois. And since I have the lower seeds here, the two seeds facing each other, I'll go first and say again, nobody wants to play Houston. You're going to let Houston's going to take it all the way is what I'm sounding like I'm hearing. Uh, Houston should have been a number one seed. And that is a problem. And they are playing with a chip on their shoulder. They do not want to be slighted as being that team that should have been. They are going to the national championship game, and they will face Gonzaga in my in my eyes. I, I think Ohio State has been shown to be very vulnerable to an inside-out game, and especially when it's an inside-out game that can run and gun. And on top of that, their defense is spectacular. Houston has all-around team right now. The next closest thing to Houston is Gonzaga, um, and we'll talk about that one in the national championship game. But that's who I have winning. Uh, for me, so give me Houston over Ohio State. But what about you, DJ? Ohio State versus Illinois, obviously one versus two. 
um, Illinois being the one seed, Ohio State being the two, and a rematch of the Big Ten championship game. Do you have revenge on your mind? No, Illinois is going to handle this one. I think they're going to beat them even easier than they did before. And by the way, it's Ayu Dazumu. I looked it up because it was starting to bug me. So I got that down. (laughs) That man is an absolute monster. And the second player on the team, Kofi Coppern, is arguably better than the best player on Ohio State. Trent Frazier, their third best player, arguably, probably is just as good as Dwayne, as Ohio State's best player. So I think Illinois is a powerhouse. Everything you say about Gonzaga, a lot of, I think, transitions to Illinois. And I think if if you put Gonzaga in the Big Ten conference and swapped them, swapped them with Illinois, I think it's the exact same thing. Illinois is undefeated outside the conference if they played in Gonzaga's conference. And I think Gonzaga wins the tournament. And it's like if you swap them, they're in the exact same place pretty much. Okay. I think they're the, I think they're that good. So I think Illinois is going to be Ohio State comfortably. They're yeah. I don't maybe not 40 points but 14. A team you've played multiple times, you beat multiple times and a team like you mentioned is very vulnerable. Especially against a inside out game like this, a formidable inside out game. Give me Illinois to take on Texas in the Natty. So you're going to have Illinois beating Ohio State 3 times in a season. You know, we talk about how hard that is for for a lot of teams. In the NFL, it's harder too, because they all. But in basketball, it's very, very doable. Especially when Ohio State's kind of they they can get hot and they can beat a team like Iowa, a team that's prone to getting cold. But Illinois hasn't really gotten cold at all this year. No, they've lost fair. some games, but they've never been cold. Yeah, they've always been kind of that third team in 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 the Big Ten, pretty much all season. Even when Iowa was above them, they still stayed pretty steady as that and, third best team. And I want to just look at this run that they did to get into the tournament. They have won. 10 of their last 11, but that included seven in a row over Nebraska trash, but 23 with 23rd ranked Wisconsin, number two ranked Michigan, number seventh ranked Ohio State, Rutgers is trash, number five ranked Iowa, then number nine ranked Ohio State in overtime. So even when Ohio State kept it close, they beat them in overtime, like really close. The both games were obviously close. I mean, 73-68, 91-88. The first one's a bit of a defensive battle. Illinois gets the advantage. Next one, they get into a mini shootout. Win that in overtime. Like, oh no, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I love what Illinois did. I just look to me. I don't think they deserved it over Houston just because of what Houston was able to do all season. And that's I will my say Ohio State thing. did get the better of Illinois earlier in the season in 87-81 game. So they've proven they can do it. Yeah. But this run that Illinois is on that includes beating Ohio State twice during this run. And I'll also say, to your point of Ohio State beating Illinois early, the one thing that happens once conference play comes in, you find who your actual team is. Those early games really don't mean jack. Like, they lost to Baylor early on. They kind of got smacked up by Baylor. But like you said, it was really early. Didn't really matter, honestly. Yeah, those early games, they don't mean a whole lot. It's not until you get into your middle of your conference schedule that you really find who your team is. And that's the time that Illinois took off is when they found who they really were, they were just, as you mentioned, 10 out of their last 11, absolutely so, just unbeatable. So Since January 16th, they lost. That that was their loss to Ohio State, 87-81. They lost one other game since then, and that was to Michigan State, coached by Tom Izzo, who we both agree is Tom Izzo. Yeah. That was one, that was one where, yeah, that was one where they obviously didn't play very well. I'm not going to get too much into it, but, like, Dosumu had a pretty miserable game by his standards, Osumu, so... Other than that, though, he's been spectacular. So I'm still sticking with Illinois to get to the Natty over Houston. I know that I know that kills you a little bit. No, no, I respect it. I respect it. 
So as I would say Illinois and Texas. Not in the national championship. I'm okay with this. Illinois and Texas, are, I think, are going to go to the Natty. Okay, so you're getting a little bit of old school matchup here for uh, for for a national championship. Whereas We're going I some orange on orange a... here for this one. We're, they're going to both wear home uniforms. Everybody's going to be so confused. Yeah, that burnt orange versus what? Oh God, how do they describe? Slightly it? less burnt orange. <laughs> uh, champagne orange is that how they describe Illinois orange? It's something silly like that. Um, anyways, yeah, that's that'll be very interesting. The what? Yeah, that'll be if they both wear colored uniforms. That'd be funny. I mean, we talked purple, about guys like elite players making big names for themselves in March. I think Dasumu's going to do. I think that's something he's going to do coming down this stretch as well. Similar to what you talked about with Cade Cunningham and otherwise. And Dasumu is a junior, so he does kind of fit that mold I picked earlier is like veteran players who are damn good, like the cardiac Kemba's, the Jimmers, and all those from previous years. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's hear it then. So since you have the lower seed in Texas facing off against a one seed, and I have a one versus a two, you get to go first. Make your case for your national champion. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be the kids, the Longhorns from Sh- and Shaka Smart? Or is it going to be this deadly Illinois team and the Fighting Illini taking it? Yeah, I think the fight in the line, I continue, and I think they take it. I think Dasumu, he's going to be the he's going to turn out being the final four MVP. They're going to put on a clinic. Illinois, Illinois is just I can't say enough superlatives about him, and I don't want to say anything negative about Texas about why Illinois is going to beat him. I think it's literally just going to be Illinois is that good. This is the year. Fighting a line, I will be fighting all the way to the Natty COVID nineteen season, and it's close to a home game for them. I mean, Indianapolis, Illinois, that not that far away. No, so they'll, they'll have that going for them as well. I For the tiebreaker thing on the tournament challenge, I give them 75-57. I think they'll run away with it mid-fourth quarter and hold them off. I think it'll be close in the first half, like a 35-28-30 something type thing. Then Illinois runs away in the middle of the fourth quarter and holds them off. So give me Illinois and Asumu getting Final Four MVP. Okay, all right. Um, I don't blame you, actually. So to your point <laughs> of it being a home game, from Champaign, Illinois – to Indianapolis, it is a two-hour drive with heavy traffic. That is, bare, that is, there are longer drives in every single state to get from one city to another. I've driven longer just to get to my day job. They, every, day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's a longer drive for some people to get from one side of San Francisco to the other during traffic. Exactly. All right, so I like it though. I I, I respect Illinois, and I, you know, all you Fighting Illini fan out there are going to be super excited to hear that DJ has you guys. Winning a title. I'm sorry to say that I am not a part of that. He's, they're actually probably pissed to hear me having to win the title because that means it's probably not going to happen then. Fair enough. Okay. I, I didn't think you were the Dickie V of this show. I thought that was going to be me. So I'm just sitting here jinxing everybody. But if you're the one that's going to be jinxing everybody, I'm totally okay with this. Maybe we're both jinxing everybody. So we're going to have like eight fan bases. Like, what the hell, guys? Yeah. Virginia is going to be the one that ends up taking or USC, the team we have both upset in the first round, is going to be the team that takes it all. Um, yeah. I hope not. But for me, I have a Washington State versus Texas State championship. Two powerhouses for basketball, two hotbeds for basketball in Gonzaga versus Houston. Um, probably not a matchup most people expected at the beginning of the season. Maybe Gonzaga was there at the beginning of the season, but I don't think a lot of people expected Houston to be here. And Houston would made a case of itself last season before COVID shut down the entire season. And this season they came out even stronger. And Gonzaga. Should have won their title last season. Coming back. You agree on that one. I think last year, if the tournament goes through, I think last year, Gonzaga has taken it. Yeah. And and this year, retribution is on their mind. They feel like they were robbed. And they are robbed no more as they become national championships. This Hmm. national championships this year. 
Um, and so can't really me, argue with that when it comes to Gonzaga. It's like you can't argue with them without just saying like there's no way to really argue. No, it, it's true. I, I know I'm taking the the low hanging fruit here. Um, one, I need a I'm win. Smart hanging fruit. Yeah, one, I need a win, but two, I just I can't argue myself out of Gonzaga winning. I've tried. I tried six different brackets this year, and I've tried it in all states of wakefulness. I've tried it sleepy. I've tried it wide awake. I've tried it somewhat sleepy after my my lunch where I get the itis. I've tried it after dinner when you get the itis or before dinner when I'm hungry. And none of them changed my mind. (laughs) I have got Gonzaga winning absolutely every single one. And the only thing that changes is the team they beat. It has only been Houston or Illinois. Those are the only two teams that I have facing Gonzaga in any of these these brackets. So to your point of Illinois giving uh, winning a national championship, I do think they have enough strength to be to get to the national championship. I just think any other team than who you have them facing, or basically Gonzaga. If it's Gonzaga that they were facing in the title, I think Gonzaga still wins. Um, but if they were facing a Texas team, I do see that happening. I can see it happening. Which is why I say that, you know, I tried to talk myself out of Gonzaga, at least in one bracket, just so I could be like, oh, I'm different. <laughs> no, I couldn't do it. So uh, Gonzaga wins the title for me. As I said, Mark Few gets, gets himself a title. And yeah, you see three All-Americans going into the draft and a guy who should have been an All-American probably coming back next year. So he can get his All-American ship and then get himself in the draft the next year. So I can't wait. This is going to be <laughs> so much fun. And all of our picks are going to get absolutely destroyed within the first 48 hours. I can already feel it. Oh, yeah. I, I rip my bracket up about five times a, a year when it comes to March Madness. And they're all within the first two days. It's always Thursday and Friday. I will rip my bracket up without fail. 100%. Um, and then all of a sudden, my bracket goes perfect for a stretch. It's like rounds three through four. Or, uh, sweet, so the Sweet 16 through the Final Four will be perfect. And I'll get the national championship completely wrong. I'm like, well, how do I do this? Oh, and to your point of national championship game, uh, the final score, I have it 77-72 um, in this one. So Gonzaga does take it 77-72. So it's no slouch for for Houston in there. They do put up points. They're just not enough at the end of the day. Oh, good. So at least you have a competitive one. Yeah, and, and it's the second hardest game for Gonzaga on the stretch. As I mentioned, Iowa is their toughest game, um, Texas being their third toughest. And then, as it should be, really down the stretch uh, yeah. is how I feel about it. But. Yeah, so that does it for us for our March Madness. Um, and stay, stay stay with us next week. We will have, well, NFL free agency. And it's gone off to a wild start, and it's only going to get better. We'll give them a little bit more time to kind of round things out so we can recap it a little bit more, as well as some of this early March Madness of next week's episode. It's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to predict Carson Wentz to go to the Colts, and then Carson Wentz immediately go to the Colts right before our episode airs. Again, we want to we want to actually be correct and be formal with it if he's actually going, and not be uh, predicting it after the fact, if you will. So, Pretty much, yeah. Like no, no need to, no need for those kind of shenanigans. We'll let it. We'll let the NFL free agency play out a little bit more, and then that'll lead into our upcoming NFL draft coverage as well, which will be happening soon. So definitely yeah. stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, check us out on Colorcast this weekend. We're back on Sunday. Yeah, we will be back on Sunday, noon Eastern time. And that is going to be for the or Indiana Pacers and Miami Heat game. Uh, super excited for that one. That's going to be a really fun game. Jimmy B versus uh, versus Demonte Sabonis out there. And big storyline of that one, Karis LeVert coming back, um, finally healthy. We'll be starting that game. And that is going to be a very exciting one. 
So absolutely uh, too. And I think it's 12 p.m. Central time. Oh, okay. Sorry, 12 p.m. So yeah, sorry, I forget it changes automatically for when I look it up on Google. Um, yeah, but so <laughs> midday, not as not too early, but it should be a good one. Two teams in the east competing for that spot, hoping to get one of those top four or three seeds, but kind of stuck in the middle right now. Who they're starting to find their stride a little bit too, I think. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, I had Miami being my title favorite. Um, so yeah, you did, yeah. So. That's a big game for my title hopes, if you will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, stay tuned for that, and we will obviously tweet out that. And so yeah, stay tuned for it, guys. We got a lot of fun things coming up with ColorCast. Hopefully, a lot, 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 lot more going forward as well. But we will see you guys next week, and stay tuned for a lot of March Madness, guys. And until next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.